Thank you for joining us today. As Associate Pastor Paul shares the Word of God, our prayer is that your life will be touched by the Spirit of Almighty God and constant, powerful truths that can be applied to your everyday life. Let's join Associate Pastor Paul with today's message. Father, we just submit our hearts, our minds to you. We ask God that you open up our hearts and open up our minds to receive tonight what you have for us. God, I'm praying that the Holy Spirit will will strategically pinpoint key principles and truths that will be illuminated tonight for for your people, God, in this house. And Lord, that you will uh, encourage and bring revelation and strength and endurance and all the things that we need to fulfill the call that you have for each one of us. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Well, I'm excited. We are in part two of this series that we're doing entitled Desperate Places, Finding Purpose in Pain. And uh, whether you are live or you're joining us by podcast, uh, we're glad that you're a part of this. Um, If you did not get to hear part one, you can get the CD or you can go online and listen to the podcast, but I really do encourage you, if you haven't heard it, just for the sake of context, uh, to go ahead and listen to that. But for the sake of time, I'm not going to review or recap really anything that I did last week because I've got a lot that I want to cover and I don't want to go over. I want to finish on time, and that is one of my my goals here tonight. Uh, Psalms 42, verse 1 As the deer longs for streams of water, or as the deer pants for the water, so my soul longs for you, O God. And I want you to picture a deer who is desperately thirsty. It is panting. It's trying to find a water source, and it's it's really, really, really thirsty. It's just looking to have its thirst quenched. And, And you know... One of the things that can happen to you when you find yourself in a real desperate place is you get thirsty. You get thirsty. And you know, when I read that Psalms where it says, you know, as the deer longs for the water, as the deer pants for the water, and you know, the psalmist obviously did not maintain an unbroken relationship with God because if he did, he never would have written that. And you know, and I think as we read the things that David wrote, I think they really reflect the human condition because obviously there are times that we're doing really, really good and we're rocking it with God and things are going great. And then there's times of great struggle and, and difficulty and adversity in our life and sorrow and even depression and, and discouragement. And so we see this really reflected here as the deer longs for streams of water. And, and the psalmist is talking about the soul. It's talking about us as, as human beings, as people, what we deal with, what we face. And, you know, desperation can make you thirsty. It can shake you out of your spiritual apathy. And I think lots of times... Um, just as people, as followers of Christ, we can get real comfortable as we're sitting in our padded seats with the air conditioning on and our bottled water and life is good and living the American dream. I think it's real easy uh, for apathy to set in on our lives. But, but when you get yourself in a place of real spiritual adversity, of difficulty, a, a place of desperation, you can become very, very thirsty. Um, you know, worldliness can be taken off of you. Um, you know, just a religious spirit 
it won't work for you anymore. Just coming to church and going through the motions is just simply not enough when you get in a place of desperation. See, desperate places have a way of causing life to come into focus. You may have been doing this or you may have been doing that or pursuing this or pursuing that and all of a sudden you get the phone call. All of a sudden the layoff comes. All of a sudden your, your mate comes to you and says, I don't want to be with you anymore. All of a sudden there's an accident. All of a sudden there's a negative doctor's report. See, all of a sudden, all of these things about life that we thought were so important, they were such big issues to us, all of a sudden everything just goes from being a floodlight to being a spotlight. And all of this stuff that's in our peripheral vision just leaves. And we begin to focus in on that one thing. See, desperate places cause you to find God in deeper ways. I like the song that we were singing tonight. Being out on the, in the deep waters. The deep waters. It says God's grace is available to us in the deep waters of life. See, desperate places move you beyond the surface of emotion and they move you into the deep waters of faith and trust, they can. It can, and it cannot. It can have the opposite effect on you. And I think as believers, it's very important how we respond to finding ourselves in places of desperation. There's a quote that I keep real near me that I've had for years and years, and um, I read it often just to remind myself of where God wants me to be and how God wants me to think. And I'm going to share that with you tonight. It's called the three levels of faith. There are three levels of faith in the Christian experience. The first is being able to trust only when we see some sign or have some strong emotion. Like Gideon, we feel the need to fleece God and we're willing to trust God if our fleece is wet. And this may be faith, but it is imperfect. And this imperfect or immature and Undeveloped faith is continually looking to feelings and some other sign instead of trusting God and His Word. And we've taken a great step towards maturity when we trust God without relying on our feelings. And while the first level of trust believes when emotions are favorable, the second believes when all feelings are absent. And the third level transcends the other two. For it is faith that believes God in his word when circumstances and emotions and appearances and people and human reasoning all seem to urge something to the contrary. Paul exerted this level of faith when he said, When neither sun nor stars appeared for many days and the storm continued raging, we finally gave up all hope of being saved, Acts 27, 20. Then nevertheless, Paul went on to say, Keep up your courage, men, for I have faith in God that it will happen just as he told me. Acts 27, 25. And church, may God grant all of us in this room tonight the faith to completely trust in him, even when all other signs point in the opposite direction. Because there will be times in life, and I'm not speaking anything negative over you, I'm just telling you the facts. If you live long enough, there will be times in life when all other signs will point the opposite direction. We can look at the scripture, we can see so many times in the Bible that different men and women of God experience these places of desperation. We just read about Paul, Abraham, Moses, Noah, Joseph, David, Jesus. Mary, Rahab, Rebecca, Mary, I mean, on and on and on, the list of people in the Bible who found themselves at the end of themselves. 
They were in a very difficult place. See, a desperate place brings you to the end of your resources. You can even have friends console you, but it doesn't do a whole lot of good because you're at the end of yourself. You're at the end of your resources, see? And I, and I, I really believe that, that in this place, something very, very important can happen. But also something very, very dangerous can happen. Because it's in these moments that people will either, they will either plunge deep into God or they'll turn their back on God. And we've seen it happen many, many, many times. See, in a difficult season, it's so easy to want to blame somebody. Because we all have, by our Creator, placed inside of us this sense of fairness and justice. How many of y'all have ever said, how many young people have ever said, that's not fair? That's not fair. You know, maybe with a teacher or maybe with a ref or maybe when you were on the playground playing, even us adults, we said it. That is just not fair. So there's just this sense of fairness and justness that God put inside of all of us. And because we have this sense of fairness and justice and rightness inside of us, we're constantly measuring things against it. Things that happen in life, things that we encounter in life. And we have to be very, very careful because a divorce or a loss of a job or a wayward child or the loss of a loved one or a bad doctor's report or all these other things that happen in life. I mean, even things that, that don't directly affect us like calamities in third world countries on the other side of the world, even though they may not directly affect us, they affect us. See, if you're a believer, they affect you. They affect your mind. They affect your heart. They make you question if we're, if we're honest. And it's easy to want to find fault. It's very easy to become angry. You're just angry. You're just mad. You burst out with people at inappropriate moments and inappropriate times, and they didn't really even do anything that warranted for you to jump on them like you did, but you're just angry because you're wrestling with these, with these things in your heart, and it's easy to find fault. It's easy to become angry at other people. It's easy to become disappointed in people. It's easy to become disappointed in God. It's easy to become angry at God because, you know, the buck stops with God. God is the highest you can get. He is the HHH. Do y'all know what that is? That's the head honcho of heaven. You don't get any higher than God. You know, Lucifer wanted to be the HHH. Well, you, he couldn't be the HHH because there's only one. So God booted him out of, out, of, out of heaven. And that's where all the problems begin because now he's walking around the earth and he's pouting and he's angry and he's mad and, and you know, he's upset with God. He's very angry at the devil. Do y'all know that the devil is very angry at God? God, who does he think he is? God? I mean, you know, he's mad. And so you can't get God because God's God and God's not gettable. So what are you going to do? Well, you're going to attack the thing that is in the center of the heart of the one that you're angry at. And so the prized jewel of the crown of God, the apple of God's eye is his children. And so the enemy attacks God's people as hard as he possibly can because he can't get God, but here's how he can. And so he targets us.
And I mentioned this last week as I was talking in our session. I just want to reiterate this again to you tonight because I, can't, I think it's so very important that we understand proper thinking and proper theology because if we don't, if we don't understand truth, then we'll be led astray and, and we won't think correctly about our circumstances and our situations. But once again, like I said, God and life are easily confused when you find yourself in places of testing. When adversity comes in your life, it's very easy to confuse God and life. But it's very important you understand, over here on this side is God, and over here on this side is life. And God is just, but life is unjust. And God is fair, but life is unfair. And God is merciful, but life is it's oftentimes unmerciful. And God is, is love, but oftentimes life is unloving. But people confuse the two. And they blame God for things that really are just an aspect of the fallen world that we live in. And ultimately, God is the one that everything stops with. And so people become angry with God. But as believers, we can look at history. We can read our Bibles we can look even in our own uh, development of our own country and all of the men and women of God that the Spirit of God had his hand upon and look back in the Old Testament and in the New Testament and see the workings of God and we can see that God is good and we can see that God is sovereign and we can see that God is all-powerful and God is all-knowing and God has his hand on, on his people. And, and church, that has to be your anchor in times of testing. That has to be the thing that holds you, young people. When things go wrong in your home, when your mom and dad are having real struggles and difficulties, or when a sibling is acting out, or even when your own hormones are raging and, and you're just mad at the whole world and you don't even know why you're mad at the whole world, it's because your hormones are just freaking out. That's got to be your anchor. For all of us in here tonight, that has to be our anchor. See, ultimately, Ultimately, you have to trust God beyond reason because the reality is, church, there are a lot of why questions and they're not going to be answered. They're just not. I wish that they were. I wish I could tell you that the why questions were going to be answered. But on this side of eternity, those questions are not going to be answered and you will do yourself a favor if you will let those things go and you will grab hold of trust and faith and hope in Almighty God. The bottom line is you're going to have to make a, a firm decision beforehand, before the storm hits, before the difficulties come, before the struggles, before the desperate place comes in your life. You're going to have to make a decision beforehand what will you do? What will be your outcome? How will it affect your heart and your thinking? See, will you continue to believe on him and in him? Will you still trust and honor God? Will you still place your trust in him for your future? Will you be confident in the fact that God is enough, that God can meet your need? See, the fact is we all go through challenges. Every single person in this room, we all face them. Some of you have had some this week. I've seen some posts on Facebook uh, already of some different challenges that different people uh, face. And I shouldn't have laughed that 
but some of them were kind of funny. Um, they weren't actually funny at the moment, um, but some of them can be a little bit funny, and I think it's good to laugh at other people's calamity from time to time. It's better than crying. Um, but, the, you know, faith gets tested in the fires of adversity, and you will have to wrestle with the word why. You will have to wrestle that word through. But you got to look at the God in the Bible and see what God did, see what God has done, and understand what God is doing and where God is going. See, I've read the end of the book. I know the story. I know how it all unfolds. I know ultimately what's going to take place. And because ultimately I know what's going to take place, I can trust in the fact that these temporary, temporary things that we face, these, these tests and these adversities, these temporary things that we face, I know that I can weather those because they are temporary. They're not going to last forever. Listen, are y'all hearing me? Listen to me tonight. Where you are and what you're facing and what you're going through, it will not last forever. It is temporary. I often say this to myself, this too shall pass. But you know, when you're in the middle of something that's really, really difficult, it's, you have to fight that thought through. I mean, you literally have to wrestle that thought through because your emotions will fight you every inch of the way, every inch of the way. You have to arrest thoughts. You have to arrest thoughts that will hold you back from walking into the peace and the joy and the fulfillment and the blessings that God wants you to live your life in. And it's not easy. It's painful. Trust me, I know. <clears throat> My family, we've had a very difficult time these past few months wrestling through what we've had to deal with, it's been very difficult. It's been a struggle. Some of you know you've been there yourself. You've experienced the loss of a loved one. It is very difficult. It is very hard. It's painful. But in that, when you don't allow your emotions and your feelings to be the boss of your life, and I'm telling you, you got to fight them. And there are times that you that you, you can't necessarily stop them, but you can work with God in them. Are you understanding what I'm saying? You work with God as you're walking through them. And God will carry you through. God in his word will carry you through them. I love Isaiah chapter 30, verse 18. It says, therefore, the Lord waits expectantly. Listen to this. Therefore, the Lord waits expectantly and longs to be gracious to you. And therefore, he waits on high to have compassion on you. For the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed, happy, fortunate are all those who long for him since he will never fail them. See, that's your anchor right there. Guys, UTC guys, that's your anchor right there. When families turn their back on you, when everybody's giving up on you, when you've blown it multiple times, see, that's your anchor. You mean, Paul, are you telling me that even, because, because here's, here's the truth, church. You know, sometimes we create our own desperate places. You know, sometimes a desperate place just comes out of left field 
And I mean, it's a fly ball. It, it, it's, a, it's just a, a, a shank hit on the golf course. And man, here it comes. You don't even know where it came from. But there are some problems in life that we create. We bring heartache. We bring sorrow. We bring trial and adversity and difficulty on ourselves by our actions, by our mouth, by our attitude, by what we do. But, you know, this doesn't say that the Lord waits expectantly and longs to be gracious to you if it happened to you outside of your control. That's not what it says. Thank God that's not the kind of God we serve. See, we serve a God that describes himself as love. (laughs) And love is patient. Aren't you happy? Aren't you happy about that? Love is kind. It's not rude. It's not selfish. It's long-suffering. As a matter of fact, the Bible says love never fails. Love never fails. And all we have to do when we mess up, even if we bring the trouble upon ourselves, all we have to do is call out to God, repent, humble ourselves, ask God to forgive us. And the Bible says God will reach down and he'll pull us up out of that miry clay. God will reach down and he'll put our feet back up on that solid rock. See, God will carry you. God will see you through. I love Zechariah 9, verse 12. It goes like this. Return to the stronghold, you prisoners of hope. Even today I declare that I will restore double to you. See, return to the stronghold, you prisoner of hope. See, we're not tossed to and fro by trouble. We're prisoners of hope. See, a prisoner can't escape. We can't can't escape hope. I like it where it says Abraham. It says Abraham hoped against hope. See, that's what you have to do. See, church, when you find yourself in a difficult place, sometimes what you have to do is you have to hope against hope because there is no hope. You see no hope with your physical eyes as you're looking at the circumstances. You don't see any possible way that anything good could possibly come out of the situation that you are in. You don't see any way. But here's here's what I want to encourage you in tonight. Don't allow discouragement and hopelessness to take hold in you. You fight it. You fight with everything you have against it. Because if I've learned anything from this season of desperation that my family has had to walk through is this. You have to be resilient. Resilient. Resilient means strong, tough, buoyant, irrepressible. Irrepressible. In other words, the devil tries to press you down. I'm irrepressible. He's trying to sink you. No, I'm buoyant. I'm buoyant. You may push me down, but I'm going to come back up. You can push me down again, but I'm going to come back up. So you might as well just quit pushing me down. Because every time you push me down, see, I'm going to come back up because, because I'm resilient. Some of you guys in here that are uh, the younger crowd, and I'm older now, even though I don't necessarily act like it, but I am. Um, Here's a truth that I want to share with you tonight. And if you've got your smartphone out, you can enter this in. You can even tweet it if you want to. That would be great. Everything will take longer than you think. Everything will be harder than you think. 
And everything will cost more than you think. That's just life. There's just opposition in life. But you know, church, if we skated downhill everywhere we went, what kind of people would we be? We'd be as weak as water. If we never faced winds of adversity, what kind of backbone would we have? See, it's, it's in the struggle that we're made stronger. It's in the struggle that we rise above. See, the scripture says that we are more than, help me finish it, conquerors. Well, that means you're going to have to conquer something. The Bible says that you are an overcomer through Christ. Well, that means you're going to have to what? You're going to have to overcome. You're going to have to scale a mountain. You're going to have to fight a giant. You're going to have to wrestle a bear. You're going to have to put a line in a toehold. I mean, you're going to have to fight things through. That's the way life works. But that doesn't mean that you don't get disappointed. And that doesn't mean that you don't get discouraged. And it doesn't mean that you don't struggle. And it doesn't mean that you don't cry. And it doesn't mean that you don't question why. Because that's a part of being a human being. But you have to believe that God is able even in the midst of what is going on in your life. I, I love the story in Samuel. David and his men, they had been out fighting. David and 600 of his men had been out fighting, and, and they returned to Ziglag, and the whole place was burnt to the ground. Now, just 13 years earlier, Samuel the prophet anointed David to be king, and 13 years later, there's still no sign of him being king. And now, 13 years later, the promise is not being fulfilled, and David returns, and everything that David knows is burned up. Their wives and their children have been taken, and as far as they know, they're as good as dead. And the scripture says in 1 Samuel chapter 30 that David and his men begin to cry. They begin to weep. They begin to call out to God. As a matter of fact, the scripture says that they cried so much that their strength was sapped and they could cry no more. See, David was depressed. David was discouraged. I'm sure he thought, God, this is it. I mean, I've tried to do right I've tried to follow you. I've tried to do what you wanted me to do. And I return, and this is what happens to me. I'm sure David was struggling with some questions. And the fact is, David could have given up at that moment. And that would have been the end of David's story. He wouldn't have become king. He wouldn't have ruled over Israel. He wouldn't establish the kingdom that God was wanting to establish because right then and there in the moment, David could have said, that's it. I've gave it my best shot and this is what God did for me. The heck with God, I'm done with the whole thing. But I love what it says in 1 Samuel chapter 30. I think it's around verse 4 or 5. It says that David strengthened himself in the Lord. David strengthened himself in the Lord. See, David determined in his heart. He drew strength 
And he said, I've come too far to quit now. I've come too far to give up. I, I, got, I got to keep going because of what is on the other side. I got to keep going because I know there's something on the other side and I'm not going to give up till I get to the other side. And just like I told you last week, from the place that you are to the place that Jesus has called you to go, there will always be a storm. Jesus told his disciples to get into the boat and they got into the boat. They were doing what God told them to do. They were following the instructions of Jesus. Jesus, you sent me out on this water into a storm. Jesus, you sent me into a storm. Yes, I did. But only that I might show you my power. Only that I might show you my strength, my ability, and what I can do in you and through you and for you. And that's what Jesus did in this situation. See, David in this situation had to bring his mind under control and he had to bring his mind to a place of submission to God's promises. And church, that's what all of us in this room have to do. I wish that I could answer all of the questions that all of us had. Boy, I'm sure if we were to give a mic and everybody were to come up here, we would all have questions that we wanted answered. Why did this happen? And why did that happen? And why did that happen to this person? And, and I don't understand why this took place. And you know, you know what? I think probably some of the greatest theologians of our day or of all time, we could have them up here on this stage and they couldn't answer your questions. Because they're just unanswerable questions in life. But see, even when you see no way, you have to believe and you have to know that God has a way. That's, a, that's where you have to land. You've got to keep a water to wine attitude. You've got to keep a Red Sea parting attitude. You've got to keep yourself in a loaves and fishes attitude. You've got to know that God is able and God can do it and God will see you through. Now you don't know how and you don't know when and you don't know where. You don't know any of those variables. You don't have any of that. That's all up to God. God's part is to make the loaves multiply. God's part is to split the sea. God's part is to raise the dead. God's part is to do his part. Our part is to trust. That's our part. This is how you overcome. This is how the dawn comes. It says morning may last for a night, but what joy comes in the morning? Morning may last for a night or a season in your life, but it is a temporary situation it will not last forever. There may be some things that you're going to have to wrestle through for the rest of your life on this earth. But, but if that is the case, I can promise you this, just like God told Paul when Paul prayed, God, remove this thorn from my flesh. And God said to Paul, sure, Paul, I'll be glad to do it for you. Well, we all know that's not what God said. Here's what God told Paul. He said, Paul, I've heard all three times you've asked me, brother. All three times I've heard you, buddy. But let me tell you something. My grace is sufficient for you in this situation. And in your weakness, I will be made strong. In other words, 
I think, in a way, when Paul asked God to remove that thorn from his life, it's almost like asking in prayer, God, remove all the opposition and adversity and difficulties that I'm ever going to face in my life. Just remove them all. And we all know that's unrealistic because there's this paradigm, and it's, it's, it, you know, it's puzzling. It's, it's a paradox. It's, it's crazy, but, but, you know, the things that make people so ugly is also what makes us beautiful. The things that, that make life look so hard are also the things that make life so incredible. There's a paradox with God as, as he works with us in the situation that we're in as, as we live life on this big blue planet that God created us for us to live on because as we are in the middle of struggle, God is making us stronger. God is maturing us. God is taking us from glory to glory, greater to greater heights. In closing tonight, God suffers alongside you. God is with you. God is for you. God is in you. And God loves you. It's important that we all know that here in this room. And when you're hurting or you are in despair or you are feeling hopeless, when your strength and your hope is lost, know this. You may feel, feel, and I put that in quotations, you may feel alone, but you are not alone. Your father is working in the background on your behalf even when you can't feel him. God is moving and God is working. The great and mighty one is your companion for life. It says he will never leave you, come on, and he will never forsake you. He cannot forsake you because he cannot forsake himself. And it's important to note that even Jesus felt forsaken as he was going through the trial of adversity, as he was in that dark, desperate place. You know, I think these hands that are reaching up describe that, that, that element, that moment, that feeling. So, so, so artistically, as we look at that, it's like we're, with everything we can, we're just grasping for God. And Jesus was in that place. Jesus experienced the same things that you and I experience on a daily basis, but Jesus overcame. And here's what Jesus said, take courage. Do not be afraid, for I have overcome the world. And because of Jesus, you and I tonight have hope. Because of Jesus, we are not hopeless, we are hopeful. And because of Jesus, we have been redeemed and God is on our side. And here's the greatest thing of all, and I love this scripture. If God is for you, who can be against you? Amen. We hope that you have been blessed, encouraged, and motivated by today's message. If you are interested in more messages by the pastors at CM Church, please log on to our website at www.cmchurch.com and click on our podcast link. You can also purchase series and other messages at our online store.